0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. I'm honored to be with you tonight. This is the show that respects your intelligence. We honor you as a citizen, and we bring you the facts and the stories that so often the mainstream media refuse or just ignore. Well, last week, Just the News editor-in-chief sat down with John Schnatter, founder of Papa John's Pizza. He did so after a lengthy, independent investigation by one of the nation's top investigators, led to john Schnatter's complete exoneration you can find the full story at justthenews.com it's a great story written by john solomon titled ex-fbi director clears papa john's founder of racial bias and slams a clearly inaccurate media joining us now to give his reaction is papa john's founder john Schnatter. john thanks so much for joining us today hey Eric. So, John, what was this like for you after all of these years? You always knew the truth, but finally, now the truth has come to light. Um, it was
1: at first like first unfathomable that this mm. could happen, um, and it was so painful to see that you really don't want to see that people that you you love and you care about would do something like this, yeah. and then you kind of catch it midstream and go, this is going to hurt a lot of people. This is going to hurt my employees, which we talked about from the get-go. This is going to hurt my franchisees. And um, you kind of see the carnage that something like this is going to cause before it happens. And then you just stick to your principles and values. And, you know, there was no ill intent. Um, There was nothing in those tapes that, Uh, was anything close to racism um, or any prejudice and um, when you know the truth's on your side and you know sooner or later the three things in life the sun's going to come up the sun's going to go down and the truth's going to come out yes you stick to your guns but the joy and the satisfaction and knowing that uh, the free report came out and definitively exonerated me was a was a precious
0: day and a, a joyful day and I'm very thankful for that Eric. Yeah, I mean it's it's a v- extraordinarily powerful report <laughs> and when you read it you can also see that Louis Free, the former FD, FBI director, actually takes these transcripts of tapes and shows how the media portrayed you Not just in a negative light, in a light that was absolutely contrary to what you were saying. They literally took your words, turned them around 180 degrees and tried to paint you as something uh, that you weren't. What did did that experience, how did that shape your perception of the media? Um, Not good. Um, The whole
1: experience has been fascinating. Mm. I just wish it wasn't me. (laughs) I mean, it's uh, it's it's something that um i hope that nobody nobody else ever has to go through um the the two points here uh, besides we need to move on we need to have forgiveness are uh, a is i don't want this to ever happen to somebody else because it is uh, it is very painful and um, it's expensive and unfortunately i had the resolve the resilience the fortitude and the finances to weather Mm. this and get through it. Yes. Uh, The second thing is that the board of directors of Papa John's who uh, they're in a hole, they need to stop digging. If they'd have done anything close to what Louis free did, Mm -hmm. none of this would have happened. And um, they need to come clean and say, we've looked at what uh, the head of Papa John's CEO did, Steve Ritchie, the head of governance, Mark Shapiro, and we need to go realize that they, we, they were hoodwinked. Uh, Shapiro and Richie played them. They set me up with laundry service executives. They painted a false narrative, canceled culture. The board freaked out. They panicked. And uh, you got one group of directors that was actively complicit. You got another group that was passively complicit, um, but they did tremendous damage. And uh, the franchisees deserve better. I deserve better. And the employees deserve better than what happened to them.
0: Absolutely. And John, one of the things that I've been so struck by as, as you and I have had a chance to, to talk has been not just your resilience, um, but you've actually reached a tremendous place of forgiveness. <laughs> IN YOUR LIFE, AND YOU'RE REALLY FOCUSED on, ON MOVING FORWARD, ON THE FUTURE. WHAT'S YOUR ADVICE RIGHT NOW TO YOUR FELLOW AMERICANS WHO, THEY'RE NOT GOING THROUGH WHAT YOU WENT THROUGH <laughs> SPECIFICALLY, BUT, YOU KNOW, THEY'RE GOING THROUGH TOUGH TIMES. THEY MIGHT HAVE HAD PEOPLE WHO'VE SAID, YOU KNOW, FALSE THINGS ABOUT THEM. THEY MIGHT HAVE LOST THINGS UNFAIRLY. WHAT'S YOUR ADVICE TO YOUR FELLOW AMERICANS ABOUT WHAT YOU'VE LEARNED AS YOU'VE GONE THROUGH THIS this EXPERIENCE?
1: YEAH, ALWAYS TAKE THE HARD ROAD, uh, TAKE THE HIGH ROAD, ALWAYS TELL THE truth always do the best you can do and be honest. And, um, you know, we have to, we have to move forward. Uh, yes. the, the country right now is divisive and we're kind of tearing each other apart and it's not healthy. It's not good when you tear down cities and buildings and monuments and, um, you know, humanity needs to come together and have more mutual respect and kindness and love. And, uh, this, a whole bit about OK, let's find a certain flaw or certain certain wrong with somebody and make that their entire yeah. character uh, is not good, especially when it's a false narrative. I mean, success is, you know, uh, you're required uh, a higher standard. You just are. And, and, we, and we get that. But when it comes to the point where they can paint you in a false narrative and destroy you on something that is not true, we got to tell the line here and get back to reality and get back to the truth.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's very true, and it, you know, it's always the case for people who want to create something, who people who want to to build a business like you have, or, or build an organization, create an organization. It's kind of like building a house. You know, it takes so long to build it, to build it well, to build it right, and then you know, people who have a destructive mindset, they can come in and they can burn that down. So. Uh, so quickly. One of the things that's been so impressive about talking with you, John, has been that you have not only been able to keep stepping forward and you're focused on the future, but you've also reached a real place of forgiveness in your heart for a lot of the people who did this. Talk a little bit about how that (laughs) process was for you. (laughs) Well,
1: um, when you paint a founder of a 5,000-store chain in a false narrative as a racist, not a racist and there's no history of that. That goes beyond uh, jealousy, envy, hatred. It it really is evil.
0: It is evil. It's it's
1: the worst thing you can be in this environment. And so um, what I want to do with myself uh, and the rest of my life is of course to forgive and forget and look back at this and go, this is the best thing that could have ever happened to me. They gave me a gift by Mm -hmm. doing this to me. I'm not there yet. Uh, right, but that's right. where I want to get to, where they actually.
0: Uh, this was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Well, it certainly is. It certainly is a, a process, as many people, as many people can attest to. Uh, give us, give, and give me, and please, our our viewers, just some insight. What's this been like for you over the course of the past seventy-two, ninety-six hours to finally have the truth out? Um, the probably the most
1: gratifying thing is. When, when this started, you find out who your friends are Yes. Um, and you find out who's in it for, because you're Papa John and you're, you know, famous and rich, and then right. you find out who really likes John for John. And um, the former, they've kind of gone by the wayside and good riddance, uh, the folks that were hurt by this. I mean, I have a lot of friends uh, calling that at night, basically in tears going, what are they doing to you? This is yeah. crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: And I actually had to say, you know, just hang, hang in there, we'll get through this. Um, but I'm more firm and solid in my principles and values, uh, than I was going into this. Um, it does, if anything, it's made me stronger. Um, adversity kind of strips away the non-essentials and gets you back to the basics and the broom closet. And, you know, the company was built on, let's take care of our people, let's take care of our employees and let's make a great pizza. And we never left that and, mm-hmm. uh, I'm never going to leave that. And, um, it's, um, it's part of my fabric.
0: Yeah, look, I've certainly found uh, in my own life, and I know that many people have, that there's a path through pain that leads to wisdom. There's a path through suffering that leads to strength. Uh, You have to deal with a lot of fear, and, and you can end up more courageous. On the other side, and, and like you, uh, I've also found that you walk through adversity and you find out who your real friends are, and it makes you feel uh, feel lighter and even more hopeful and more optimistic about about the future because you do see who all of those all those true friends are. Well, John, what is what is next for you? This is this is a big a big victory for you. Uh, what are you most excited about as you look forward?
1: Um, as you pointed out, you know you tolerate pain for growth. Yep. you know it makes you stronger. Um, the um. You know elated that we've been exonerated from this whole uh, false narrative. I mean it just wasn't true and there wasn't anything to it So I'm um, I'm extremely elated with that Um, I'm involved with a lot of other adventures um, and Entrepreneurs um, and I'm excited about that. I mean who is gonna have a better future than me? Maybe you but me I mean we have the resources financially we know how to build a great culture uh, we know how to, you know, own product differentiation and product quality. Yeah. We know how to get back to our communities. We know how to get uh, help folks be successful and, uh, you know, better their lives and better their family lives. So I can't think of anybody that's going to have a, a better future than I'm going to have. We do have to get through um, this last thing with this board of directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said earlier, they're in a hole they need to stop digging. And if you look at the history, man, when people do something like this, that is this awful and this dishonest, like Watergate, et cetera, uh, the the problem is not the crime. The problem is the cover up. And I am concerned they're going to continue to want to cover up uh, what they did. And what they did was horrific. Um, They got hoodwinked. They got suckered in by two directors that they thought were, you know, Telling them, shooting them straight, and and giving them, you know, the whole truth. They, I don't think the board of directors really knew behind the scenes yeah, that they set up. they clearly me up. didn't.
0: They just didn't, didn't have have all of the all, all of all of the facts. Well, John, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep following uh, this story here. And folks, again, check out that story at justthenews.com. The ex-FBI director clears Papa John's founder of racial bias and slams a clearly inaccurate media. Powerful story of exoneration.
2: Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
0: Welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. Well, if you caught the news over the weekend, you saw that there were some protests, even some violent protests, as people clashed in the weekend in Washington, D.C. Well, we had Real America's voice correspondent, Ben Bergquam, who's always out on the front lines. He's been there for a while. He joins us now. Ben, first, uh, let our viewers know, what, what did you see this weekend during the day?
3: Well, the daytime was beautiful. There were thousands of Trump supporters and prayer warriors from across the country, several different events going on. Uh, we were covering it from all sides. We had uh, team coverage, Amanda Head, uh, at the March for Trump. I was over there as well for a couple hours, and then we went over to the Jericho March. And it was just the best of what America is. Families, men, women, children, all coming together, standing for America. And a real simple message. We want honest elections, and we want, the if there's fraud, to have it exposed. And uh, the message I continue to hear over and over all weekend was they're willing to take it as far as it, as it takes to get the answers. And they support President Trump 100%, uh, you know, as far as he's willing to take it.
0: And, Ben, what kind of sense did you get from the folks who were there in terms of their level of satisfaction with what elected officials are are doing? I mean, we've heard from people across the country who've been frustrated. And it's not just Trump supporters, even independents. Some Democrats have reached out and they've said, we just want to see elected officials really dive in and get to the bottom of this so that we can know that we have had a free and fair election. What was people's uh, sense there about how well they're being served by those by those elected officials?
3: Well, it's twofold. You know, the elected officials that have come out, like we saw in Arizona, the nine representatives who held the hearing in the hotel that we were at. Uh, there's absolute love for them for standing up, and, and they continue to fight. In fact, they're uh, the, uh, they're speaking at the event at the uh, uh, Jericho March this weekend. As far as the other side, the ones that haven't stood up uh, or, or have actually capitulated, like Governor Kemp in Georgia, complete disdain. And what I continue to hear over and over is, if you're not willing to stand up for President Trump now, plan to be primaried in the uh, 2018 elections. Good.
0: And then finally, Ben, you were also there. Uh, unfortunately, while it was an incredibly peaceful uh, day, there were some incidents of violence uh, at night. What did uh, you see? Right. Uh, we were here
3: last time, just about a month ago, a couple weeks ago. The times kind of run together. And at that event, the evening, Antifa went out and BLM went out and started attacking innocent people on the streets. This time, there were about 2,000 Patriots and Proud Boy members that came out. Uh, and they were marching through the streets, making sure that people were able to get back to their hotels safely. At one point when I was there, uh, there was one uh, member of Antifa BLM ended up stabbing a couple of the, uh, uh, the, the the members of the the Proud Boy group, and I believe there were four that were stabbed, two that were in critical condition, uh, and then the uh, one who stabbed them ended up getting arrested. So. For the most part, the night was fairly peaceful, but there were you know, four stabbings, which obviously is not peaceful.
0: Of course. Well, Ben, we certainly appreciate you being willing to go out there on the front lines and bring that uh, perspective back to, to all of our viewers. Um, Thanks, I sir. want to turn now to real America's voice contributor Amanda Head who is also in Washington DC Amanda thank you so much for joining us in studio today.
2: Thank you for having me yeah I want to second what Ben was yeah. saying um, regarding the violence that happened this time and you compare it to last time and and uh, you know Ben saw this as well the the violence, the violence took place when the sun went down last time, but this time around um, it it started happening earlier. And I don't know if that was because they had more time to plan. You know, Mm -hmm. this, this event was less spontaneous than the first one was. I mean, that both of them were very well planned and executed, but this time around, I think that those who were there to uh, exact anarchy and violence on the people who were there to support the president, they came into town a little earlier and they came out of the cracks and the crevices and the shadows a little bit earlier so that was a concern but for the most part you know ben and i stayed safe uh save for our camera rig falling on my head on the media platform <laughs> we were both okay and came, came out of it unscathed but it's always interesting to see these events because You know, you observe the dichotomy between something like this and a a Trump rally where every once in a while you'll have some protesters that are out on a street corner uh, on the rally route, you know, as people are going to the rally. Um, But for the most part, it's very peaceful. And and Ben and I were commenting on this Saturday morning before the event even took place. People were just starting to gather and and there was music playing and everyone was having a great time and you it's one of those those snapshot memories where you look out on a crowd and we we i think happen to be standing near a group of vietnamese for trump supporters mm. and um... and you look at that crowd and then you look beyond them and there was a, a black woman with her black daughter and the, the black daughter probably four or five years old, had an American flag that she was waving. And you have Hispanics for Trump and gays for Trump. And it's it's all of these different groups. It, it really is a melting pot. This whole movement, President Trump's message has been, uh, has attracted a melting pot of Americans. And for me, that's what it's about. It's seeing these, these diverse groups coming together because they do have one cause and they do have one concern going forward. But that's something that the mainstream media is never going to show. And it's why they don't cover these events, because they would be forced to show the diversity of the people who attend. Yeah
0: it's really a shame to see the way that the mainstream media has also taken these events and absolutely twisted them. I mean, you do have, as you you and Ben go out there and you report, and as we actually show our viewers, thousands, tens Mm -hmm. of thousands of people coming together, an extraordinarily diverse group, um, and they're just, they're patriots. Yeah. Um, and they they want to know that the people are, are serving are serving them well. Speaking of the mainstream media, I also wanted to get your thoughts on this Hunter Biden story. You know, John Solomon, the team at JustTheNews.com, they have been following this story for months. They've been breaking this story. And yet we saw before the election, you saw the mainstream media go out and not just ignore the story, but they actually went out to counteract it. You had Politico running stories saying mm-hmm. that there were 50 intel officers, former intel officers, saying that this was a Russian disinformation campaign. They talked about it as the false scandal, etc. Now all of the evidence has piled up. And it's become clear that the mainstream media really failed to do their duty before the election. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I think that was on purpose, mm. and and we know that now because you you know there have been polls that uh, that ask the question to people if you knew about the Hunter Biden scandal, right. its connection to the former Vice President Joe Biden, its implications for national security, would you have changed your vote? And there was close to 10% of the people who said yes, it absolutely would have. Um, and so I think that the mainstream media is absolutely complicit. They suppressed this story for one reason and one reason only, and it was to get Joe Biden elected. But You know, the the Biden campaign, the Biden-elect administration, if you want to call it that, um, and Hunter Biden's surrogates and attorneys, you know, they're not cooperating with these federal investigations. So if you have nothing to hide, if you haven't done anything wrong, why not cooperate?
0: Well, I think what we're hearing from a lot of people, too, is that the TREMENDOUS CONTRAST BETWEEN THE WAY THE MAINSTREAM MEDIA COVERED THE RUSSIA COLLUSION HOAX FOR YEARS, BUT THERE WAS LITERALLY NO EVIDENCE COMPARED TO HOW THEY'VE BEEN COVERING THE HUNTER BIDEN, FORMER VICE PRESIDENT JOE BIDEN STORY WHERE THERE IS LITERALLY HARDCORE EVIDENCE, NONE OF WHICH THE BIDEN FAMILY HAS SAID WASN'T TRUE. ALL OF THIS EVIDENCE IS THERE IN THE MAINSTREAM MEDIA won't cover it. You know another story I want to get your thoughts on that the mainstream media again hasn't paid a lot of attention to is President Trump's efforts as regards Israel in the Middle East. We just saw again in the past couple of days now Morocco has joined Bahrain and Qatar and the United Arab Emirates to normalize relations with Israel. It was over a quarter of a century the last time you had an Arab country normalize relations with Israel. What do you make of the importance of that? story and again why you think the mainstream media is also ignoring that story.
2: You know it's it's incredible it's but it's you know Morocco is just the latest it's Sudan it's Serbia Kosovo UAE which if, if you saw the video on the internet last Thursday in UAE in Dubai uh, the the world's tallest skyscraper there Burj Khalifa had a light display for Hanukkah who would have ever right. imagined that would happen. Um, What's interesting to me, and I think that this is part of why the mainstream media isn't covering this, because you've got Democrats and Republicans who for 30 years have um, executed foreign policy, all of these foreign policy elites and experts. The way that they have conducted their peace processes over the last 30 years, what, what we can glean from all of that is that the peace process of your, the peace process of, of Bush, of Clinton, of Obama, That has gone by the wayside because President Trump in less than one term has achieved more in the way of Middle East peace than all of these experts in the last basically half a century.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things that's important to remember is that when President Trump made the move, he moved the U.S. Embassy from Mm -hmm. Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, this was opposed not just by Democrats, oh, but yeah. by a lot of the Republican foreign policy establishment. But he made that bold move, and as you pointed out, now you've got the United Arab Emirates, you've got Bahrain, you've got Sudan. Now you have Morocco. Mm-hmm. You've got these four countries all normalizing relations with Israel. It is a tremendous, tremendous uh, step forward. But again, yeah. lot very little analysis or coverage from from the mainstream media. Uh, just in the last minute or so that we've got left, moving forward this week. It's going to be a big week. What are you paying most attention to this coming week? What do you think is the biggest story to look at?
2: Well, I will tell you what I'm not paying attention to. I think that there are going to be a lot of clutching of pearls today on, you know, the conservative Twitterverse of of the Electoral College certifying its votes, um, which to them is going to be something that feels very depressing and and almost like a soft end to this process. But President Trump, Rudy Giuliani, Jenna, Jenna Ellis, they have all assured us that they are continuing forward. And President Trump has, has effectively become the leader of the new right party. Um, you know, these, these Republicans in Congress who have leadership positions, whether it's on a committee, whether they're state legislatures, you know, state, state Republican leaders, they are no longer the leaders of this party because this party has, has morphed into the party of Trump. And as long as President Trump is still fighting, these people are too.
0: Yeah, well, I think, that, I think it's going to be a lot is going to happen this week. Yeah. We are so grateful to you, Amanda, for joining us. Again, we got a fantastic team here. That was Amanda Head, Real America's Voice contributor. And before that, Ben Bergquam, one of our fantastic Real America's Voice correspondents. We're going to be back with more in just a few seconds. Stay right with us here on Actionable Intelligence. Welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. As we've said many times, this is the show that respects your intelligence. We honor you as a citizen, and we're delighted, especially this Thanksgiving season, to bring you some of the most compelling people in the country. Today, we are joined by Dave Grossman. Dave is a longtime friend of mine. He is the most preeminent trainer of police officers in the United States of America former Army Ranger, former West Point psychology professor, which is why I personally blame him for all the crazy guys I ever served with in the Army. But he's a great man, a great patriot. Dave, honored to have you with us today.
4: Oh, Eric, always honored to be on board with you. You are the Lone Ranger of the airwaves, firing silver bullets of truth and justice. And it's an honor to be Tonto for you here for just a little bit. And these we- are crazy times, brother. The nation we- needs what you can
0: give. You bet, sir. So, so Dave, uh, first, it, it's Thanksgiving season. Uh, you and I have talked a lot about the role that police officers play as part of the fabric of this nation. If you could, just start us off with a word to families across the country about why it's so important to recognize, support, and be thankful for our, our police officers this season.
4: You know, when we talk about what we have to be thankful for, our safety, our safety, and the safety of the lives of our loved ones has got to be right on the top of that list. The foundation of every nation is, is, uh, is public safety. And if we can't get that to work, nothing. More. And we're seeing the dynamics going on right now. We have the black female police chief from Seattle quit. She's worked her way up through the ranks. The black female police chief of Dallas worked her way through the ranks at both and these ladies are bulletproof. They work their way up to the rank. They've earned the rank. They're, they're black, they're female. They can't accuse them of racism, can't accuse them of, of, of sexism. And they said that they can't do the job under this current circumstance. That, that the police chief of Seattle quite, quote said, you're setting me up for failure. If these people can't do the job, no one can. And the end state of what's going on is, is chaos and attacks and riots. And in the current state of riots, the set of riots, uh, the BLM riots, if you will, uh, have cost more money than any other riot since mm-hmm. we've been keeping in inflation-adjusted dollars. So just recognize that fact. That number one, what these guys got to deal with. And the situation is much, much worse than it looks. You know, the, the murder rate is being held down by medical technology. Yeah. Major U.S. Harvard study came out at, uh, in around the year 2000 said if we had 1960s technology, the murder rate would be three to four times what it is. So between 1960 and 2000, with medical technology, we cut the murder rate to a quarter of what other would otherwise be. And the leaps and bounds of medical technology the last 20 years is astounding. Mm-hmm. So with that said, mm-hmm. look at look at the number of murders in America. It went down, it went down, we're we, we, we at 2006, 17,000. 2007, 70,000, 2008, 16,000, 2009, 15,000, 14,000, and then it exploded like nothing we have seen in recent history. And remember, medical technology is holding down those numbers. And, and why did it take in those years? That's a year the year that five cops were murdered in Dallas, four cops murdered, one sitting in Baton Rouge, and every place you see a multiple homicide of cops, I show you many, many where they tried and failed. Yeah. And the FBI calls out the Ferguson effect. Mm-hmm. They say we have created a sense of anger in our criminals. Like somehow the cops are the bad guy for enforcing the law. Mm-hmm. Maybe i at 64 years old, burnout old geezer. I always thought if you're criminal, you live your life in fear. You should be paranoid. The oh, world really is out <laughs> to get you. But now the media says no, you're the good guy, and the cops are the bad guys, and that. And, 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 Duty. Now, this International Association Chiefs of Police, we take a look at officers murdered in the line of duty. Yeah. You, you understand that cops have better body armor, better tactics, better training, better technology, and yet every couple years, a new record number of cops are murdered in the line of duty. And, and in the end, what we're looking at is, uh, is, is a strange dynamic in which the number of people murdered goes up, 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 up. These are police officers murdered in spite of the medical technology, in spite of, uh, of, of the body armor and the tactics and the training. Every couple of years, a new record number of cops murdered and a record murdered uh, 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 by ambush type, assassination, execution, murders. This is not right. So why is it happening? Like I said, the FBI guys put the data together offline. They call it the Ferguson effect, but also, We've got government advocating people to, to break the law. and mm-hmm. uh, the sanctuary states and sanctuary cities. very bad things happen when the government tells you to break the law. Louis Brandeis mm. well Supreme Court uh, Justice Louis Brandeis said crime is contagious. If the government becomes a lawbreaker, it breeds contempt for law. It invites every man to crime law on himself. It invites anarchy. That's what you're looking at. Yes. A steady process down to anarchy, crime, and violence. And one last thing. Don't blame it on some evil new gun out there. Oh, these mm, high-capacity, semi-automatic military weapons. This is new. It's not new. They have one carbine. Six million made in World War II. They were junk. At the end of World War II, they were junk. You could buy them for 20 bucks a pop. There is no evil new gun out there. So what changed? Our kids changed. We changed. I talk about that in my book on killing, half a million copies sold worldwide, translated eight languages, Marine Corps Commandants required reading, and my book, Assassination Generation. I personally gave a copy to the president when he invited me to the White mm-hmm. House and part of the table on media violence. I invited again just a year ago and gave a copy to Vice President Pence, two amazing, gracious individuals. But if you want to know what's going on out there, just understand how bad it is and what an incredibly difficult job we have given our cops. Tell them you're thankful to them. Buy their meal if you're a restaurant with them. I got cops that tell me I haven't been able to buy a meal. People are coming, but that was North Dakota. You know, in California, they need their help a little more. Go and pay for their meal. Tell them thank you for what you do. Never miss the opportunity. Thankfulness is what Thanksgiving is all about.
0: Yeah, and Dave, let's, let's, let's pause for, for a moment, you know, I think there is so much wisdom in that Justice Brandeis quotation about the invitation to anarchy and what so many citizens saw over the course of this past summer was they saw people engaged in arson, they saw people engaged in prayer who were violently assaulted. They saw looting. They saw riots. And in too many circumstances, they saw the people who were engaged in those activities then turned out by oftentimes George Soros-funded prosecutors right back out onto the streets. It was an invitation to anarchy. It's exactly what you're talking about there.
4: And that's the other thing that you can do out there is get involved in local politics. Mm -hmm. Don't be Seattle. be Portland. You vote and elect those individuals, and that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm.
0: And Dave, talk, talk a little bit. You, you were talking about what happened there to change in society. And let's just, just retouch. You know, you often talk about this medically adjusted murder rate, medically adjusted rate of violence. You know, when I served in the U.S. military, people used to often say, look, guys in the Gulf War survived injuries they wouldn't have survived in Vietnam. At the beginning of the global war on terrorism, they survived injuries that they wouldn't have survived in the Gulf War. Later, 20 years down the line, people are able to survive injuries that they couldn't have survived at the beginning of the global war on terrorism. So the point that you've made over and over again is that the technology that we have, the kinds of bulletproof uh, vests that our, our officers are able to wear, the medical technology that exists in our emergency rooms, all of that has improved. So when you're seeing an increase in murders, you're actually witnessing a much higher increase in the rate of violence. Do I have that right?
4: Absolutely. And, and and so recognize that it's much much worse than it looks. And and when people are victims of violence, you know that that they say that the the criminal quickly forgets the victim, mm. the victim never forgets the criminal. Mm. This guard they lived life in fear. And so we say, everything's all better. No, it's not. We use the murder rate to misrepresent the situation. One other thing, too, and that gets back to my book, Assassination, Generation, on killing yes. When I was a kid, my heroes were, were were Marshall Dillon on Gunsmoke. I had the lunchbox. Sergeant <laughs> Friday. Just a fax fan. Just right. the facts. Right. At one out of 12. Today, and the thing to realize, when little children see these shows, they're real to them. Hollywood operated by a code right up to the early 1960s, they said, we know the stories we tell will have an impact on our society, just like the commercials have an impact on our society. We have a responsibility to tell good stories. Law enforcement will not be shown as evil. Criminals Mm -hmm. will not be shown as the good guys and crime will not be demonstrated as a way that is profitable or acceptable. Right, and we right, turned that right. on his head. Today, the kids are waking up, waking up with, with, uh, with Breaking Bad at Sons of Anarchy and Sopranos, and maybe one cop movie in 30 years didn't have a bad cop in there somewhere, I'll cheer when the bad cop dies. Denzel Washington, Trading Day, Denzel's a bad cop. They're all bad. And when those cops did evil things on TV and movie and video games in front of the children, it was real. Where, where does this defund the police come from? Who, what logical, rational person would say, empty all the prisons, empty all the jails, turn off all the laws, get rid of all the cops, and it's gonna get better. That is insane. Where does that come it from? began insane. Again, insane. When they saw these yes. evil cops when they were children. I cannot overstate the harm that was done. The commercials will impact millions of people. But today they say, what's in between the commercials and no impact on our society. And the truth is just the opposite.
0: Well, Dave, when we come back, I want to follow up with you on on that thought, folks. We are here with Dave Grossman, United States Army Ranger, West Point Professor of Psychology. Find him on LinkedIn. He is an amazing patriot and one of the strongest supporters of police in the country. We're honored to have him on with us today. Stay right with us. We're going to be back with more with Dave Grossman. Welcome back to Actionable Intelligence with Eric Greitens at this Thanksgiving season. We are incredibly thankful for all of our law enforcement officers and for our law enforcement families. And we are honored to be speaking today with Dave Grossman, the most preeminent trainer of police officers in the United States uh, of America. Dave, you know, we were talking before we left about the impact that Hollywood, that violent video games have had on our kids Let's talk a little bit about actually protecting children and why law enforcement officers are so important to that and what citizens need to be thinking about right now.
4: You know, one of the greatest achievements is the crime that didn't happen. The mm-hmm. kid that was not the shot. The, the, the kid we didn't have to put in jail. And, and Eric, there have been horrible violence committed in our schools and I fear we're going to see daycare centers next. China's had repeated daycare masters. Belgium had a daycare massacre. I pray that I'm wrong. What's left to shock us. Mm-hmm. And we'll see school bus masters. We'll talk in a minute about that. What's left to shock us and stun us. But what I need to understand is that we have an internal threat and an external threat. The people who hit us on 9-11 are still out there.
1: Yeah.
4: And around the world, when they want to hurt you, they come kill your children. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, in Italy, we had a school bus with uh, with uh, 51 kids on board that was hijacked and, and soaked with fire, turned up. And six months after that incident, I trained FDNY, Fire Department New York, they never heard about it. How can this be happening and never be in the news? And again, in, in Pakistan, we got a terrible crime that happened in Pakistan, uh, stunned the world, and most people don't even know about it. 181 dead in a school in Pakistan, uh, an entire school wiped out, 141 dead. It even hit the national news. In Mm. Pakistan, in in Afghanistan, in one year alone, we had 600 attacks on schools of school children, their own kids and their own schools and their own nation, Afghanistan, the Taliban 600 times a year. When they wanna hurt you, they come kill your kids. So we need to protect those kids internally and externally. And the greatest achievement is a crime that didn't happen. As best I can tell, We've never had a multiple homicide in a school when there was an armed cop present in the building. Think about that. Columbine never got in the building. Parkland never got in the building. There's never been a multiple homicide. Now, it could happen tomorrow. There may be one out there that I missed. There's some solo homicides got stopped real fast. Hmm. But if there's somebody there that can shoot back, if there's a cop in that school, the probability of the mass murder goes way down. And, and, and when the terrorists, God forbid, should strike again, They're going to find the place where people can't shoot back. If there's a cop there, they're not going there. They're Mm -hmm. going to go somewhere. And this is what they fear. This is what they truly fear. Officer Greg Stevens, May of 2015, draw the prophet Muhammad art festival outside of Dallas, Texas. In the eyes of Islam, to draw the prophet is a horrible crime. They're afraid to draw bad guys It did. Two art critics with AK-47s and body armor showed up. They rolled out of the vehicle. It could have been the Pulse nightclub times too. They had body armor, they had rifles. There were two of them, element of surprise. Rolled out of the vehicle and a 59 year old traffic cop with a pistol killed them both. Mm -hmm. This is Mm -hmm. what they fear, this is what they fear. And so those cops are keeping us safe. They're deterrent for the kid to commit the crime and the international terrorist to commit the crime. But something everybody's got to understand is in America, Posse Comitatus Act, with a few minor exceptions, the U.S. Armed Forces cannot get involved on American soil. Mm I was on the BBC a while back. They said, "Well, we've got elite SAS uh, uh, and helicopters to punch out anywhere in England." The Special Air Service, or most elite commandos. Sorry, America, we can't do that. We have given that job to the local police. Number one, Mm -hmm. we're big. Half of our states are bigger than all of England. And number two. The law says the military cannot get involved. It got to go down to that local cop that goes on the door in 30 seconds. And one of the things I've done, schoolguard.com, schoolguard.com. I paid to put my grandkid's school in two different states. I paid to put it uh, uh, in uh, in my house of worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it, it's an app. It goes straight from your phone to the cop's phone, and they headed towards you in seconds flat. Indianapolis, the whole state of Indiana is putting it in. Uh, a teacher in Indiana accidentally set it off. The first cop was 230 seconds flat. Five minutes later, all the king's horses, all the king's men will never put those kids back together again. And uh, schoolguard.com. But here's what it comes down to. I tell all my classes, take a look at this uh, photograph right Mm -hmm. there. And, uh, and, And that young man was number four kids who were being held hostage, literally being used as human shields. You know, we say in the Sheepdog Kids book, we say in the Sheepdog Kids book, the wolf, the coward will use the lambs as human shields. The sheepdog, the cop, is a human shield for the lambs. They got him out a window. They're physically screening him with their bodies as they, as they protect him and move him away from danger. And I tell all my cops, it's the worst of times, it's the best of times. When those horrible things happen, it's an opportunity to be there for them at our greatest need. Look at that little face that's in that jacket. Look at that little hand gripping that jacket. Somewhere deep in that young man's soul, he knows for the rest of his life that the, that the cop will be there for him in this hour of need. We have got to believe in our nation. It's the best nation on the planet, and we're going to keep making it better. Absolutely, we've got to believe in our life, and we've got to believe in our cops. I believe courage, and honor will defeat hate and fear every time. Absolutely. I believe in truth, justice, the American way, and it will defeat crime and violence in the end. And I believe most of all in the redeeming power of love. And I believe those, those law enforcement officers who love their city enough to die for them. Everybody will die for a loved one. Who will die for strangers? On 9-11, it wasn't Navy SEALs who died. It wasn't soldiers who died it was 300 cops and firefighters mm-hmm. went up the steps the Center for the danger and died who, who out there would die for a stranger and that's what our cops are and, and they, they go, go, and David, i want
0: i want to pick up on one of those thoughts you know that the, the sheepdog's book that you have is, is an excellent book i've i've shared it with my own boys um, and you know, explain to to uh, to our viewers at this Thanksgiving season how they can, in a simple and clear way, talk to their own children about what police officers represent for them. You know, it, it,
4: it's a model that the kids really grasp. I co-authored with an elementary teachers starting about kindergarten. They get it, and it, it kind of chokes them up. But it, it talks about the fact that that there are sheep out there, and they're good, decent citizens, but they're not capable of violence. Then there's a wolf who will attack the sheep, and then there's the sheepdog who will protect the lambs. And we talk about the fact that uh, they're not heroes because they die. They're heroes because they walk out the door every day prepared to lay down the land. Sometimes the greatest love is not to sacrifice your life, but to live a life of sacrifice, and that's our cops. When they become a cop, they're never gonna be stinking filthy rich, at least not legally. They're never gonna be a famous celebrity, at least right. not in a good way.
0: Right.
4: When they chose to be a cop, they chose a life of sacrifice. And we wrap up the book by saying, sometimes the greatest love is not to sacrifice your life, but live a life of sacrifice. Live and life and of sacrifice, everything.
0: absolutely. This, this,
4: this is just a story. In real life, wolves are not bad, they're part of nature, and, and, and dogs should not save the day. But people are different. Mm-hmm. People they want to be have you got what it takes to be a sheepdog? And the kids get that. They really get it.
0: Absolutely they do. Absolutely. They do. No, I've 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 found that. It's such a beautiful concept. So Dave, I wanna I wanna take take one step back here uh, just for a moment. Um, everybody are, are, who's watching this program, they know how much you and I support uh, our police officers. Uh, we've been part of a number of programs or we've been out talking about the support that our law enforcement officers need. Let's also talk about for a minute about kind of the threat that's represented to law enforcement officers. When you have prominent politicians who are kind of nodding or staying silent or even encouraging Groups like Antifa, Black Lives Matter, who are supporting things like defund the police. How big of a threat is this, not just to our police, but to our country?
4: You know, I get an email from a cop just yesterday. Heartbreaking. He said, what does a sheepdog woo do when the shepherd turns on us?
3: Mm-hmm. What's
4: does sheepdog do when, when the shepherd uh, 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 embraces the wolf and, and violence and despair is is what the shepherd, the politician wants, and it comes back to keeping control of your city. Don't become a Portland. Don't become a Seattle. You elect your city leaders. You elect your county leaders. We have three thousand sheriffs and over ten thousand police chiefs out there. Every one of them answer to local voters, yes. and, and you dedicate yourself with all your heart and soul to voting, to 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 pushing the envelope. That that. District Attorney that Soros bought to go into L.A. and mm-hmm. and, and, and did terrible criminal actions. That D.A. that you know this prosecutor that that Soros paid to be elected to Minneapolis and, and Portland. And what's happening is these people are being arrested for violent crime by the sheepdog by the cop, and then they just let them go again. Well, how does it feel to be that cop over and over again? Minneapolis, mm-hmm. they're abandoning the city and the city is spinning out of control. Look at our major cities, New York, Minneapolis, Seattle. Yeah. The crime rate has exploded. And, and remember, it's actually worse than it looks. Medical technology should be pulling that down. Right. It's right. bad, and we've got to fight for our nation, fight for what we believe in. And it begins with your city and your county. Yes. You can make it enorm- your school board, make an enormous difference. Be a sheepdog, make a decision to, to strive and struggle for our nation to make us a better place. And I am thankful for the men and women who walk out that door. The great Americans have done that across two centuries and who continue to do that. There is the hope for our nation, and there is our source of thanks.
0: Well, and there are, I mean, that that is the beautiful thing, is that there are hundreds of thousands of men and women every single day, our law enforcement officers and our law enforcement families who go out every single day, who are willing to put their lives on the line, to serve their fellow citizens. They do it with courage. They do it with compassion. They're willing to take on the hardest of jobs so that we can all live uh, in safety. And Dave, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Folks, that's Dave Grossman. Find him at LinkedIn. He is a patriot, a great supporter of police.